Hey everybody, welcome to Real Chills. I'm Melissa. I'm Meg. And we are really excited about our guest this week. Yeah, he was so much fun. Yeah, we had Mike Macaluso on, who we have met through Philly Comedy. Mm-hmm. And it's a great time. But before we jump into the episode, Meg, tell me, we're getting closer. How are you feeling about spooky season? Oh, I'm so excited for spooky season. I'm already, I've already ingested so many pumpkin spice lattes. And I think the first one I had a, a Dunkin' pumpkin like August 17th. I started. Yeah, that and was like the day they came out, right? <laughs> it was before. They came out like August 23rd. But if oh, you, went you got to, the early release. You could find them. Yeah. Some some places had it early. That's so, so I mean funny. no big deal, but I found it. I haven't had anything pumpkin spice yet. I'm not opposed to it. I just haven't gotten around to it, honestly. Totally. But um I am as I told you earlier, I'm like moving some rooms around my house mm-hmm. and I have a bunch of Halloween decor yeah. that I am like ready to set up as soon as things get settled. It's I'm so like exciting. here for it. Yeah, Ugh, me too. Because I would enjoy the Halloween decor for as long as possible. Totally. I might not take it down. It might just be time to keep it forever. <laughs> Every pumpkin gets a Christmas hat and then at least it can <laughs> yeah. make it to the new year. Yeah, that counts. That counts. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> As you know, I have a bunch of lizards and like reptiles. I have a couple snakes and um I have some like Halloween high pumpkin hides for like the snakes so they can like That's sit so in and cute. stuff. Yeah. I've not decorated the any of their like enclosures for Halloween yet, but I might do that this year. So that's awesome. Get in the season, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, we should jump into the episode. Yeah, let's get to talking to Mike because he's awesome. You're listening to Real Chills. With Meg Getz. And Alyssa Truskowski. Welcome to Real Chills. I'm Meg. I'm Alyssa. And today we have Mike Macaluso. Mike, yeah. how are you? How's it going, everybody? Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. Thanks for being here. We're so excited to hear your story. Yeah, oh, yeah. I am extra excited because I know that this is something I wanted to talk about, but I have no, I know nobody. I don't know a single person. So this is so exciting. Mm-hmm. I have some questions for you before we start. The big question we ask a lot of people is on the spectrum of full-blown believer to complete skeptic, where do you fall when it comes to the paranormal? Uh, Yeah, with most things, I'm probably more at like, it's not fully there, but I feel it. So I would go like probably like a 78%. Nice. Believer. Like you want to believe. I think yeah, that was yeah. the most like specific percentage we've ever gotten asking that question. I love I like it. To, like, I'm just, I'm picturing, you know, like the applause meter or whatever. I'm just right. like, yeah, where would it stop for me? Yeah. In paranoia, but, C yeah. plus, C plus. Yeah. yeah. She's got degrees, you know? Yeah, so it's true. It's, out there. it's true. Nice. A follow-up question. Is there anything that like you're more willing to believe and things that you're not as willing to believe? Like we're big cryptid fans here, but that's not everybody's bag. We get that. I feel like, you know, I was raised religious. So spirits and understanding of like afterlife. And it's just like, nobody understands it. And not a lot of people talk about it. It's like, if nobody really knows for certain, that's why I'm like still open to believing in, you know, anything pretty much. And just like in the culture and people it's on TV and just everything. It's just like, I feel like it's spirits from like humans mixed also with, you know, shit we don't understand yet. You know, like that science background and that like, religious background and it's just like maybe we'll never know the answers but yeah it's wild that's crazy this is exciting to think about i haven't thought about this in a long time and like talked this depth in depth about it cool (laughs) that's all we do we love it yeah we love thinking (laughs) about this stuff that's awesome let's hear your story i'm so ready yeah yeah so um (laughs) this story is is interesting because of the history behind it i feel like history is 
very mixed in with the paranoia because typically when I think of a, a spirit or a ghost, it's just like, oh, they've been around for a long, long time, hundreds of mm-hmm. years or you know, however long. Right. So I may or may not currently live in a hotel in Philadelphia called the Divine Lorraine Hotel. Mm. And this hotel was built in the 1890s, right? And it was for, it was 10 stories high. It it is is 10 stories high, 10 floors. One of the highest buildings at the time in Philadelphia. And um, it's over, it's over, it's where rich settlers came, settlers at that time, but you know, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, the founding fathers, their children, all these people. that were coming through also travelers, uh, people that would stay there for a long time, right? So then in, also during bootlegger times, this was a fun fact I learned uh, talking with the guy uh, that owns some of the retail space in the basement, is that there's two entrances that look like subway entrances on the sidewalk. And they used to uh, bootleg alcohol through there. And, you know, there would be a secret door, secret night, whatever, you know, how they would do that. And, and then in 19, the 1940s, Father Divine bought it. He bought the building. And he is a child of freed slaves. He is a cult leader. Mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. considered himself God. So he bought apartment buildings around Philadelphia. And then he also moved up to New York. And he would put his name onto it. So the Divine Lorraine became the Divine Lorraine Hotel um, after Father Divine bought it in 1948. And he would put his members of the cult in there. They would have a worship upstairs and they would have a kitchen. So they would feed the community. And this brought in a lot of donors. You know, if some guys mm-hmm. is like, I'm God, and he's, you know, cult, bringing people into this community and this, this cult, he's getting a lot of donors. So that's how he's getting all this money. He moves up to New York. So who knows what was going on in this hotel during right. this time, right? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I found out about this recently, you know, when I was looking to, to move to the hotel and he bought this hotel and it seemed just like he was bringing people together, but they didn't do what, you know, most cults are known for and killing people, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't, they right. didn't uh, do that. So it's not that, uh, that well known about because he basically how Father Divine had his demise cut to one of the donors gets mixed up with kidnapping a 17 year old Mm. and her parents weren't too happy about that and demanded a ransom and father divine had to start selling and the parents blamed him for this father divine had to start selling the apartments so i feel like that's why there's not that many divine apartments around anymore but we still Mm. have the divine Lorraine hotel uh so i feel like it's not really a very scary building but it feels very creepy and uh, who knows what's going on in in the walls and then cut to it gets abandoned in 2000, in, in, I want to say 2000, 1999, the cult still owned it. And then I'm pretty sure that's when they sold it. And then it's been abandoned ever since. Cut to 2011, when I get into urban ex- exploration, uh, <laughs> I think like this is a fun hobby, you know, uh, just breaking and entering, not a big deal. And <laughs> Statue of limitations has passed. You're good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. What's, the, what's, the, what's that? that uh, I didn't see a sign. <laughs> I planned a little road trip up the East Coast. I was living in Atlanta at the time. And I'm like, oh, this building popped up on all my searches. So I'm just like, let's go. 2011, uh, I go, uh, my brother and sister are living in the city. And I'm like, I'm going to the Divine Lorraine. And they're, just, they're like, oh, we've never been. Uh, we've had friends that go. They've taken pictures. I'm like, okay, people do this. This is a thing to do. So I go, we get in through the fence. It's a huge lot. If you're in Philly or if you want to look up pictures, it's this massive building, 10, 10 floors high, uh, with a big courtyard in the middle, or like gap in the middle. It's kind of like a U shape. Mm-hmm. It sits on a triangle lot that had nothing around it that was basically two stories high around it. So this building is just massive, right? Now there's other things around and they built, built it, you know, up around it. When we snuck in, there was a hole in the fence in the, on the right side, in the north side, stuck, uh, you know, little crawl space. We snuck in through that. Then we went to the back building. There was the main hotel, and then there was the back building called the Annex. You could see that there was a staircase built, you know, a DIY staircase of like a milk crate, 
very topical right now. Milk crate, uh, <laughs> Gatorade, a cooler, you know, a pallet, uh, all up to this wall so that you could climb into a window. People do this. Let's do this. <laughs> so we climb in to the back building. This was like noon, one o'clock, bright, beautiful day in the fall. As soon as you enter the building, it is darkness. It mm. is just sucked out of you feel it right it's just mm -hmm. dusty and then in this floor that we were on it was like industrial stuff it looked like a big ironing table and or like dryers it looked like something like that i'm just thinking mm -hmm. oh it used to be a hotel or apartments you know so we saw a staircase one going downstairs didn't go that way one going upstairs and i'm like okay let's go upstairs um this was you know 2011 so i don't think the iphone had a flashlight yet so we had to download an app so we downloaded that app in while we were in that darkness, I went up the staircase to the second floor. And as soon as I got to the second floor, I turn and I'm looking down a hallway and the hallway is the same amount of darkness, but where the doors are, you see the light coming in from the window. No. So it was just like, I don't know what's in these rooms. I'm like, I'm not walking through this. I'm just, I had a feeling, I'm like, let's <laughs> right. get out of here, right? Uh -huh. We made it into the Divine Lorraine. It was abandoned. This is cool. We don't have to fall through the ceiling. Let's get out of here. Mm -hmm. So we go back to the first floor. We go back to that window as we're about to, I'm about to climb out and I look over to the main building, third or fourth floor window. I look up and there's just a person darting, looking at me. Uh, it was like a painting. It was just like so striking. So then I looked down <sighs> to see where my footing was to go down the stairs, looked up, gone. Mm. And I'm like, I'm glad that we are not supposed to be here. Yeah. Other people live here now. I don't know from what time period, but I'm like, let's get out of here. <laughs> so we got out of there, but that was my, I made it into the Divine Lorraine, urban exploring, you know, didn't even take a photo. Now, cut to 2017, it was finally restored. Somebody was able to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Last year, I had the privilege to be able to stay here and I haven't had any, uh, happen other than like you know a couple footsteps here and there and a door closing maybe it's just so wild living in a building that's so old and uh with that much history and yeah the walls could talk yeah it's, it's, it's really fun it's great wow i remember you telling me the story and maybe i was i might have been drunk but i don't remember you telling me you lived there currently that blows, yeah. that you would have that experience and you're like you know what i'm gonna live there full circle <laughs> full day. circle yeah <laughs> every time i walk up to like behind the building where i snuck in i like i remember i just remember it like looking mm -hmm. back and looking up those windows and i'm just like wow like so much happened here is still happening to this day uh you know philadelphia is one of the oldest cities in the country it's just like it's so fun obviously i love this city but being able to to be a part of this building very cool nice yeah. nice absolutely yeah. but we have a uh, 24 hour security so do not <laughs> come uh hang out with us all right you cannot <laughs> break in anymore we have electrical fences and nice. yeah <laughs> and then you have guard ghosts apparently yeah of that yeah we, we speak very nice to them and we have special knocks to make sure they know it's us. Yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> Perfect. I have questions. So when you saw For the sure. person, did you get the sense that it was maybe just like a person also urban exploring or like squatting or who's living there? Or was it like, were they kind of timeless or? It felt like it was their home, like it was a squatter, Okay. you know, and I don't know how much that was going on because I know I heard the stories about the urban explorers, but you know, that's that risk you take where you're always going to run into somebody who, you know, sure. could be inv invading their space. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what the look that they gave me or what I felt. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's just as scary. Honestly, like the thought, like you were actually like in danger, like being up there exploring these old, you don't know rooms. what step you don't know what's around the corner. Yeah critters people yeah it's it's wild yeah i can't imagine what when they were you know trying to renovate it and the things that they came across something that's oh. really interesting and cool is i don't know if they did this on purpose but their staircases are each step is marble and th some of the steps still have graffiti on it 
Hmm. Oh, that's I don't know if they were just like, that's a nice little artistic touch or we can't get it off. I don't know. <laughs> you know, just tell it tells little stories. Yeah. It's so interesting because like for sure, Father Divine, like their organization was a cult. But from the outset, like my understanding from having researched it a little bit was if you were there in the 1950s or whatever, like it was kind of fashioned as just like a church, like we're kind of like a, a church that was integrated too. that was like a big component of like what Father Divine was all about. And that was a big inspiration for Jim Jones. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you that's know that right. tie-in, but like that's uh, a famous like tie-in is that Jim Jones and I think some of his followers had spent time in Father Divine's church and he's Father Divine's credited as giving a bunch of ideas about because initially Jim Jones's church was also like to make money f- to profit the self, but also they're like, you know, we are about integration and, you know, community mindedness and things like that. So, yeah, it's just super interesting because like history's view two cults for sure (laughs) touched in time totally you know if you were alive in the 50s like that is the kind of place that i probably would have been like yeah i want to go to the integrated church like they do fun Mm -hmm. stuff they do community things that seems cool which is really just a bigger comment about all religion is what i'm saying (laughs) right (laughs) just popped into my head yeah yeah it's interesting uh with the jim jones uh you know there's a clip I'm pretty sure of, uh, it was Father Divine introducing Jim Jones. I don't think it was at the Divine Lorraine Hotel, but it was definitely a a meeting of the minds there. Yeah. Yeah, I also remember too, like Father Divine had the thing where like his longtime wife passed away. Yes. And then he, so was it Father Divine was African-American, I think he was a black man. And his wife, his first wife was black. And then, He's like, my wife was reincarnated into this hot white lady. Yeah. Right? Young, hot. It was his secretary. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. Not a, I mean, he's God. And so I couldn't find her. They, they said they called her Edna Rose. And I'm mm. like, I don't know if that's uh, what your birth name was. But um, yeah. And one of the rules or guidelines of the cults was that everybody that was living together, you know, they had to separate by uh, genders and mm-hmm. they couldn't have sex they couldn't drink no smoking all that and Mm -hmm. father divine's like it's fine (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. i just read that there's still some people practicing this religion like 16 miles outside of philadelphia like from a 2021 article like there's still followers out there interesting yeah yeah it's weird because he's how long is he's i'm assuming dead at this point like easily right in 60 65 it was pretty pretty soon after this i guess yeah yeah um but yeah it's insane you know little patches of uh of people everywhere that are still oh my gosh i would love to i would first of all i would love to live i grew up in a really old house so i think living in like a historic building in philadelphia is probably one of like the coolest things you could do because even if it's not haunted by ghosts it is like the energy like as as a human you can sense the energy from like the hundreds of years that it's been around you know like i i feel like sometimes those buildings just have they kind of grow a personality and an energy just from so many lives and people that have inhabited it. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever yeah. been, it's a similar but different building. Um, I don't know the exact history behind it, but the Drake building in center city. Yeah. Well, I know it from you, Alyssa, yeah. but it's a good building. Yeah. I might, I'm like, I feel like Meg's brought, brought it up before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it's really I, cool. Yeah. It's like, it had a, now they have a community room, but it used to be like an old bar and it's just mm-hmm. a really cool building, but that's also an older building that I think of that I th- thought it was also a hotel, but maybe it's just a long time apartment building, but it's cool. Yeah. I feel like those places are, they're always so interesting. Like, especially when they're able to like retain some of the history, like keeping the graffiti and even just like, I'm sure it's, I haven't looked inside obviously recently, but uh, I'm sure it looks amazing inside. Like, how, have yeah, they kept like the lobby and things like that? Or lobby is stunning. I'm. Pr- it's not identical of what it was, sure. but they left 
the um like trimming and they like yeah. paint the gold and the floors and the ceiling some of the ceilings are uh they have chandeliers on them and mirrors and it's just the staircases alone it's so cool it's titanic yeah. feel, you know it's nice. like uh, yeah so and cool. then just from the outside too like, like i was saying like walking up from the back of it and just like the bricks and then it's just like some of it is crumbling and it's just like wow this has been around forever yeah and it's it's a fun fun fact since it's a historical building the outside can't change they can't update anything on the outside other oh. than like you know restore the paint and you know repair any damages but they can't change the balconies right and the balconies don't meet up to code current you know, modern day code. So we're not allowed to use our balconies. That's so annoying. <laughs> cool, but annoying. I'd be so frustrated. Every apartment has two balconies. Two balconies? Isn't that so bougie? That yeah. is mm. really bougie. Yeah. No, but also, you can't use them. Can't use them. Nice windows, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so funny. Is this your first time living in like a super old place? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's been houses or new apartments i mean you know i went to college in philly too and a couple of those houses they can't be that old but they were they felt old yeah those, those, I can old, feel that. those yeah. row homes really uh you know they felt worn i'm sure behind. yeah perfect. yeah <laughs> that's so funny college campus too. It's, oh oh man. have you ever been inside the union club or the union league or whatever that building is on broad street i have not I had to go there for a couple like work conferences, but that's like a building. I forget what the the story behind it is, but that's if you ever get a chance to go in there and like look around, that's man, the definition of bougie, but also like beautiful old, like feels historic feels like if you go into a building off broad street where you're required to wear a suit jacket or whatever, like nice. that has a dress code, it, it feels like that history. Yeah. It's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Philly is so, I, I need to get out there more because Philly is just, <laughs> it, it's just, there's so much, there's so many buildings and places you can go to like, just. Have you checked out Eastern hmm? State Penitentiary? Oh yeah. <laughs> have you talked about that? Have you guys Absolutely. talked about that before? I don't think we've talked about it. Have we? Sonia did the, uh, oh, yeah. did the Fright Night or whatever, and then caught an EVP. So we've mm -hmm. had some conversations. On. Yeah, mm -hmm. but we there's a couple people we do want to talk to more about it. Hopefully, we'll get to do that soon. My friend, I lived in Pittsburgh. I have a friend who I met through roller derby, and she is a sociologist who studies fear. And then her wife was the one of the main managers of like Eastern State. So like they they met because Margie was like going to Eastern State and like staying overnight to like study the science of fear and stuff like that's that. That's a yeah. horror movie. Yeah. That's the beginning of a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, that's how you get academic funding though, right? It's like, yeah, like... that's cool. <laughs> I would uh, I would love to study um, instead of fear, do laughter because that is not scary. That seems yeah. a little bit more chill and yeah. laughter is really interesting i was talking to some comics this weekend about how there's so many more factors other than joe like this sounds like something a comic that's not funny will say i promise <laughs> listeners that i'm funny but it's just interesting to see how many different factors other than your jokes can so like if it's hot if it's cold if they're hungry and not getting their food you know if the room is too bright if you're not close enough. There's so many things that affect laughter other than jokes. That's what I love. That science and that moment that never gets created again. Yeah. Uh, it's very, it, it's, it's, you know, it, it's filling, it's appetizing, like being in that room and knowing that like, if you take a sip of water at this time or you cough or you hit a different tone or somebody in the front row, it's so interesting and yeah. knowing that it's never going to happen again i don't know if that makes it easier or harder as a comic but um i definitely applaud it <laughs> it makes it fun i you know yeah. i don't necessarily like when people talk during my set but if if they're if they react and then i get to riff off of their reaction you know like they don't say words but they're like oof or whatever that's very fun for me like i love that stuff nice. 
because that means they're so on board they're having an emotional reaction to me <laughs> yeah. i haven't yeah. lost them yet they're so, engaged you know? yeah that That's makes okay. me happy yeah <laughs> i like that i like that yeah. yeah it's so funny too like i had been saying at least for me like i coming out of the pandemic like i don't know what audiences find funny i don't know what i find funny to tap into because it's so much too like a lot of it's created in the moment or like through the process. And so I'm excited to see like what people like what strikes them now. So, yeah. And I used to work at an old comedy theater. It was an old theater, but when I was there, it was a new comedy club um, mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. And we would, it wouldn't always be stand up. It'd be basically a comedy related live show, but mm-hmm. we would also do 12 hour horror movie marathons. Nice. That's so cool. A comedy horror movie place. I would die. They, it would be a potluck style too. So people oh would just like the whole, so you would eat all day. They would watch like five movies, six movies. It was, uh, people would come and go. But I, what I started seeing is that the horror, the people that like to get scared are the same exact people that want to laugh yeah. very hard. They That's want those so emotions. Funny to go as far as they can and yeah. have an audible reaction or, you know, or, uh, and then of course share that feeling with other people <laughs> is so much better than doing it alone. So being in those rooms, it's, it's awesome. That's so interesting. I do talk to comics a lot cause I love horror almost as much as I love, co- obviously we're here right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know but, what um, to say. Yeah. But it's all about that tension that you create. That's like, you know, like Jordan Peele, like he's a master of horror and comedy because it's so good at that, like misdirection and like making you like pulling emotions out of you just by like creating tension and then creating a payoff. It's yeah. so fun. Making stakes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love this. I love this. <laughs> horror and comedy, man. It's the best. Feeling your feels. Oh, it's great. <laughs> no, that's Dan's podcast. We don't talk about that on this. He has a podcast <laughs> called Feel Feelings. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Get it. Mm-hmm. If Elvis and Buddy Holly are the Cain and Abel of rock and roll, Bruce Springsteen and Zachariah, Iggy Pop is Methuselah, of course, Neil Young is the wise prophet Ezekiel. What does that make Get in the Garage? Well, I think that makes Get in the Garage the one-stop shop for all know-how, history, countdowns, disagreements, agreements, and pretty much everything that you want you, you want to hear about music. Get in the Garage. Get in the Garage. A music program from the Wasted Robot Network. I was just learning to love. I feel like this is a great segue for me to do my my story. Hell yeah, it. let's do it. And we are doing this one uh, to connect because obviously Mike works in comedy clubs. So that, that's the connection audience members. <laughs> um, okay, let's set a scene. It's the 1930s. You're an up and coming Hollywood star looking for a place to hang after a successful day of filming. Your fellow actors agree there's only one club worth going to in this town. You feel excited as your ride pulls up to the large illuminated building. Ciro's is written in large cursive on its side. As you walk in, the club is dim and smoky. People are clapping to encourage Frank Sinatra to perform. You walk past Marilyn Monroe and Humphrey Bogart to grab a drink. But for as many beautiful people are here, there are just as many shady. Mobsters line the walls, laying low and talking quietly to each other. Clearly, this is also a hotbed of criminal activity. As you get to your table, your friends hush you. The notorious mobster Mikey Cohen is walking in. He's in a mood. He walks quickly past you and down the stairs to what looks like the basement. And before the music can start back up, you hear the faint sound of someone yelling and then gunshots. Holy That's shit. Like- <laughs> Great story. Excellent. What Did you happens? like that? What happens? What happens? <laughs> I'll get into it, but I was like so proud of myself for writing that. I should get an award for that. But <laughs> oh, that, wow, that was gripping. Yeah, this is the story of Ciro's, a hot LA nightclub that would soon after be sold and transformed into the comedy the store. Comedy store. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that. 
I love that so much. Uh, yeah. I know a little bit about Sarah. Is it Ciro Cero? It's C-I-R-O, right? It's, it's C-I-R-O. I did not look up the pronunciation, so maybe you know it better than I do since you lived in tomato, LA. Tomato, tomato. But yeah, becoming the comedy store and and the people that would come through that building. Oh my gosh. And the mob. So many. And the, had, I, one of my favorite tidbits of the comedy store is where the main office was. Uh, it was up a staircase. Have you heard this story? Yeah. And if uh, you go up for a meeting up there, there was a little peephole where somebody would be behind the staircase with a gun and you'd go up, you would go up to the meeting, come back down and you would be taken out. I didn't have that in my research. That's crazy. They, Whoa, that's and, wild. Yeah. And uh, I haven't seen the whole live, but uh, yeah, if you look it up, there's been documentaries and specials about it. And uh, that's amazing. Just, I didn't realize. There. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. There, so I have a, a lot of stuff, but I didn't realize like how much mafia activity actually took place in that club, but it was I a feel lot. Like <laughs> my brain always is like all the stories you hear about people like going through the comedy store, things like that. Cause that's where my brain is. And I always forget about the history before the comedy store, which is super right. interesting. Right. Yeah. So it, oh, what were you going to say? Sorry. I, it, uh, I was just going to bring it back to comedy clubs and that feeling of like kind of how I felt in the divine Lorraine, that darkness, right. Where you're, you're in this room and it's like, it's a heart. It has a heartbeat. It's like, it's the building is alive. I feel mm -hmm. like the comedy store is like that. Like it's just, oh, yeah. and that building that has transformed over the years. It's just like, Oh, when you walk inside, you're in the belly of the beast. It's like, totally. It. Yeah, yeah. It definitely has an energy. According to the article, mom murders and hauntings at the comedy store, LA urban legends by totally LA.com. Mikey Cohen was an infamous gangster at the time and was well known to, to frequent the club and perform mob dealings in its basement. It's believed the basement of the nightclub was actually used to torture and kill those who threatened the mafia. And rumor has it, there's still gun-sized holes in the stairways leading down. So that's what the article said. I'm not sure what they mean by gun-sized holes. I'm not sure if they mean yeah. bullet holes or if they mean no. what like, you were talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Could be a little column A, a little column B. Uh, <laughs> I read that and I was like. Name. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's what they mean because it sounds like a lot of like yucky stuff happened down there. Like for people who. It's, it's also like a labyrinth of a building. Like through the, there's three different rooms. There's staircases. Mm -hmm. There's a kitchen. Yeah. There's back bars. There's the VIP lounge, the green yeah. room. It's just like. Places for people oh who God. are working there to like go between the places without being seen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. The article continues to say this isn't the only tragedy that occurred here. In the 1970s, when the venue was the comedy store, comedians began to picket for fair wages. This led to some being blacklisted from performing. One comic who took this especially hard was Steve Lubtekin, who jumped from the roof of the building across the street. His suicide note simply read, my name is Steve Lubtekin. I used to work at the comedy store. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that, that is, okay. Respect to this man, RIP, but as, that is such a stand-up comedian thing to do. Yep. It, <laughs> it, it really, I was just thinking, especially in before, that era. Like, like, before you even brought him up and, and what went down, uh, I was thinking about just like, the energy that comedians bring and the energy that the audience brings where they want to laugh. Like it's obviously very mixed energy and it's, it's like, it gets to a point where some people jump off the building next door and it's yeah. just like, you, you see it in a lot of comedians, Robin Williams, you know, Brody Stevens. It's mm -hmm. just like, mm -hmm. it's, it's unbelievable that somebody could have a brain like that and, you know, uh, also have the bad with the good and it's just like we'll never understand you know yeah that is something i definitely like think about all the time is the energy like comedians are bringing to a space like i i have book shows in the past and more so than even being funny for me like if i hang out with a comedian at an open mic and they're like heavy like really negative and just not a good energy to be around then even if they're the funniest person in the world I'm like I can't do this like, <laughs> you're, you're bringing 
all of this up and I have to like push it away. You know what I mean? Like you can be telling I have a to joke. Say that to the, I have to say that to the staff sometimes too. It's yeah. like, you guys, we're in a comedy club. Let's do this. <laughs> I, I mean, where you work now, not to just, just cause I work there too, but like, I think the staff is one of the like better staff. Like, I think they're really fun and it seems like they all do have a, like a love for comedy. It At least is to some a degree. Band of beautiful, unique, misfit, you know, spirits. And it's so amazing <laughs> how organically everybody came together. And I'm just yeah. honored to be a part of it. It's so fun. Yeah. yeah, they're awesome. So yeah, there's two sides to every coin for every comedian that I'm like, all right, you need to like smile. <laughs> like there's a lot of comedians <laughs> that are like really great and You're bring like such... comedians uh in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh <laughs> Anyway, let's change the subject now. But um, yeah, there's like really fun comedians too. But it's so true. There's so much energy that I feel like everyone brings brings to the stage and like just to be around. Yeah. So a building so rich with history is bound to have some paranormal activity, obviously. According to the site hauntworld.com, which I love when I find these sites, it looks like a 90s like uh, generated bad font. But I'm mm-hmm, sure this is all, mm-hmm. all legit. It's where you get the best ghost stuff. Um, there are at least five ghosts that hang around the building, all that originate from the 1940s and 50s, presumably as a result of mob activities. They become most active when the place is quiet, especially in the early morning hours. The bouncer, Blake Clark, poor Blake Clark, he has seen so much shit. Every article is just a new Blake Clark story. I feel terrible for him. Blake so Clark, you have a podcast. <laughs> really? I'm like, why haven't you quit Blake Clark? They're clearly after you. But um, yeah, the bouncer, Blake Clark, had several experiences in the original showroom. While locking up one night, he saw a chair on the stage stage slide effortlessly all, all by itself across the stage. In one instance, Blake was playing a video game in a room near the kitchen. He suddenly felt a presence watching him. Looking out of the corner of his eye, he saw a man dressed in a World War II brown leather bomber jacket. Turning to say something, Blake could see right through the man who faded away right before his eyes. Wow. Crazy. A bomber jacket? That I don't know. like, yo, I got next. <laughs> what this yeah, right? That's just a normal, like, 2000s comedian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then in another experience, Blake had heard a low guttural growl coming from the basement. When he checked it out, the padlocked gate in front of the basement started bending out like someone was pushing on it to be set free. Then wow. the gate suddenly snapped back into place, but had a huge, he's saying, a huge like black presence standing in front of it. And that was his cue to leave. And now Blake <laughs> doesn't go into the basement at all anymore. The final straw for him, he said, was uh, he saw a piece of black cardboard fall from nowhere and it hit him. And when he turned the cardboard over, it uh, said his name. What? Wow. Yeah. What's that? I don't know. That's where I was like, Blake, are you lying? Because <laughs> his name, what would you do? Like, what would you even do at that point? I mean, I would ask for a raise. That's probably what I would do. I'd be like, listen. Like, yeah, he flipped the cardboard over again and it said, needs a raise. <laughs> yeah, right? Hell. <laughs> yeah, uh, poor Blake. Um, but he's not the only one being hassled. There's some comics who were hassled as well. One evening while Sam Kinison was on the stage of the original showroom, This is Clark's perspective, though. Clark was next door closing (laughs) up the main showroom. As he heard Sam go through his comic routine, getting louder and louder, as was his costume, Clark heard a low buzz of voices, which got louder. When Sam reached his trademark scream, Clark heard the voices angrily chanting, it's him, it's him, it's him. The ghosts did their best to dissuade Sam from performing. They messed with the lights and interfered with the sound system. And it like started to really annoy Sam. So one night he, Sam boldly challenged the ghosts to show themselves and all the lights went out. Damn. I feel also like, I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Kinison had some kind of like telekinesis though. His energy (laughs) was off the charts. If it was just him. It's just him (laughs) causing a poltergeist. Like that's really what it is. That's what they, uh, they, uh, they wrote Matilda based off Sam Kinison. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I knew I heard this story somewhere. (laughs) That's wild though. He had to get to that level or it Mm -hmm. didn't work. 
Yeah. Uh, well, for me, I feel like it'd be wild if uh, it was like a comic who died just heckling other comics. Like now they just stay at the comedy store. <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. Just imagine like all the people that are haunting or just stuck in the comedy store, just hanging out <laughs> and being like, let's light them early. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> that would be cool so down fun their chicken tendies like you know just, yeah. just annoy the crap out of people but just yeah over the years and the people from zero days zero's mm-hmm. zero's days yeah you know, just, uh mm-hmm. that's wild did you experience anything i, I we kind of talked about it this weekend at the club you work at now not yet Except for this weekend when the lamp actually went crazy. Oh, I didn't tell us about that. Yeah, so that, I mean, that was just so fresh and weird that Uh we were talking about that's the subject too. But yeah, while we were in conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Maggie, you you go, you take it. (laughs) So we were in the green room uh, with like the headliner and uh, Raj was the feature and the headliner's fiance. And we were talking about paranormal things and she was saying how her whole like the whole line of her like females in her family have like kind of not premonitions but like can like sense things so like can sense if, the, if something's gonna go a certain way mm. and also are very lucky um so just like kind of like spiritual and then raj made a joke at her that she didn't like yeah. and she started laughing really creepy and the light behind her just started flickering on and off like crazy and we had to unplug it but then when we plugged it back in it was fine i i was like she's not moving she was like laughing but i was just like oh maybe she's bumping it it was like no that the light just started flashing it was the weirdest i thought that too like i looked at the outlet because i thought for sure she was just kind of knocking it while she was laughing but she wasn't like at all well that's amazing just like so on the nose it was like (laughs) come on guys what's going on Um, but i mean the building it's old building in philadelphia you know it's, classic it, yeah mm-hmm. it's just like the comedy store how it used to be an old nightclub uh you know it it was something before a comedy club you know so it's mm-hmm. like uh somebody i think in the 80s it was a strip club a lounge um it still is sometimes but um <laughs> yeah yeah it's just totally. like the people that ha- that still were you know grew up here and still live around here they're like mm-hmm. yeah i remember when it was this it's just like wow that's wild yeah. yeah it's so funny i think of a specific instance uh i can tell you later uh who it was but like uh this was like a couple years ago um and i was thinking to myself like you know how ghosts now like uh or for a long time people were like oh i smelled the perfume i smelled cigarette smoke i was just like the mark that like our generation and like the generation right before us of comics, they will leave like the scent of weed, like wafting yeah. out. <laughs> it's just going to be weed all the time. Yeah. Just wafting. You won't even know. Yeah, yeah. That we're being haunted. It'll just be weed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. That's so funny. In uh, um, the theater that I worked at in LA, that building was was a you know a theater since 1928 and there was a moment in the back you know green room hallway that uh when i was there by myself and i never liked walking in that back hallway it was very dark and just you know had its own energy and i was there was like a little attic space where we kept some storage and i was coming down the stairs and i heard mike and (sighs) nobody was there it was, it felt, it felt like it was, it was like it moved, it moved past me, you know, mm. like, and I was like, ah, and then <laughs> I uh, got the heck out of there. And then another time, uh, in the same spot, I heard a, like, like a grunt noise or like a, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Another employee was telling a story to somebody else and described the same exact noise without noise me telling. Too. And I'm wow. like, Get the heck out of it. Yeah, it was wild. It was wild. So it's just huh. like, 100%. Who knows? So Crazy scary. performers that never wanted to leave and they're like, give me stage time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I still have these drink tickets I haven't used. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Help me out. Um, I don't know if you have the story about the other chair story. 
in your research. I don't. You can do that one. I I was reading it before we logged on, but I didn't add it. There was a server at the comedy store. I, I believe they were a server, but it's on another article that um we had come across that they had they had like gone to do something or like they had like turned around and then like when they turned back to look at the stage area, they claim that 40 chairs were all of a sudden piled on top of each other. 40 is a lot. 40 is like a, a high number, but any number of chairs for you to like, look and you're like, huh? And then you like turn and then there's all these chairs that shouldn't be there. Like that is um, Poltergeist, the movie level, like nonsense. I'd be so annoyed. I'd be like, really? Like I have to I put all these chairs back. Just now. cleaned up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I clocked out already. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd be yeah. so annoyed. <laughs> I have a little bit left for this story. We're almost, <laughs> we're almost done. Um, so then in 1982, a UCLA parapsychology team investigated the comedy store. It was led by a psychic named Dr. Taft. When they got to the backstage area by the dressing rooms, two coins mysteriously fell from the ceiling. I've never heard of that before. Don't know what it means. Um, when the coins got, from the ceiling? Yeah, two We've coins. About this. We talked about pennies from heaven. I know before. pennies from heaven, but, but I consider pennies from heaven just when you find a penny on the ground, you're like, oh, that's from a love. But I've never had change just mysteriously fall on me. Have you, you know? heard of this phenomenon? No, I haven't. It's it's, but it's interesting to think about where does the penny fall from that you do see on the ground. The same place the cardboard fell pocket. from. <laughs> mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. But, so, so it fell. It fell while they were doing the study. Yeah. Hmm. Multiple multiple coins, not one. Two coin. Two whole coins. Yeah. Interesting. Two whole. Coins. Yeah. There's more. Let's see. And then. Um, when they got to the basement, Dr. Taft suddenly was overcome by agonizing pain in his legs. Um, so the question there is, had he picked up the residual pain inflicted by a mobster? Um, and then finally in 1994, in a segment for the TV series Haunted Hollywood, it, um, they were filming in the original main room. Dr. Taft came just to watch the taping and he saw in the back of the room, there were three men all dressed in 1940s style suits, including the fashionable, like wide lapels. After filming, everyone packed up and left. Taft was the last one to leave. He went up to acknowledge the three men. And as they were still, as they were still standing there, however, these solid looking apparitions disappeared right before his eyes. Wow. That's a long time to be an apparition, just chilling there. Yeah. And that solid of detail and Yeah. Wow. This this makes me think of like Gettysburg where I wonder because we had someone on from Gettysburg and his theory was that more ghosts stay there because they don't change anything in the city. So it's confusing mm. for the ghosts. They think that like it's still their time period because it still looks like they're everything is the same. So I wonder if like that TV show was doing like old shots. You know, like you know how they do those like this is what it looked like in the forties. And like, if that could be why they hung around so long, cause it reminded them of when they were alive. Hmm. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Cause it's what you're familiar with. So I know that's like a bit of a reach, but it's interesting to think about like, if that does play into it, like if it, if it feels familiar, do you, do they stay longer? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah I actually, I feel kind of like that because since this, the divine lorraine is so renovated um like the basement in the lobby has like a different energy but because it's so modern it's kind of like how amityville horror I, I i grew up in long island and amityville horror house once they like changed the windows and like made it not look as creepy it's just like oh this isn't scary anymore you know? were yeah. you the one that said like the whole town felt haunted for a while after that or was that rush that was Raj grew up in Amityville and mm-hmm. I, I grew up like probably like 45 minutes from there, but I went right. trick or treating one time. You went trick or treating out there? Yeah, for, yeah, I had a friend that lived there. So I went trick or treating and we went by the house and I'm like, oh, this isn't scary. But funny enough, uh, uh, we did get robbed and someone stole our uh, Halloween candy. No, no. <laughs> That's the worst. I'd rather be haunted. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It haunts me every day, Megan. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't stand up for myself. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, wait. Sidebar, really quickly. Mm -hmm. Have you or anyone seen, anyone you know from Long Island seen a UFO? No. Okay. 
Dan Vetrano is from Long yeah. Island and he says that like his brother, all these people have seen a UFO. Just knows, randomly. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, they just see them. It's like pretty common. I know Long Island's like a big place, so it could be like the area. Uh, yeah, it's not ringing a bell. There is weird shit happening on Long Island, but, uh, no, I don't think I've seen a UFO. All right. Well, keep us posted if any of your like friends or family from that area. <laughs> yeah, report let us back on that take because... a survey. When yeah, you get we've been, back. we've been I'm like send tracking. Out a mass text. <laughs> Um, we got to get this data, guys. You got to log into next door and like change your zip code. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's super interesting just because like, man, Long Island, like everybody has some kind of really interesting story when they're like from there. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's been my experience anyway. No, it's a very, very wild foreign place. I mean, like I I lived there until I was 15 and like, Mm -hmm. I probably left for six months, came back, and I'm like, everything's changed. What is this place? <laughs> great. That's, that's probably like what m- most people feel when they move and come back. But mm-hmm. my friends that are still there, it's just like, oh, you're you're stuck here. You're a Long Islander for life. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. You're, one, and... you're, you're in it. Yeah. yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's a different vibe, though. I get that. 100%. Yeah. Totally. Man, the comedy yeah, store. Long I've yeah. been, have you been, Alyss? <laughs> Uh, no, I have not been to the comedy store. The one time I was in Los Angeles, I went to LA once also and had the most magical time. It was a, every single mic was a bucket mic. Dan didn't, (laughs) didn't get onto a single one. I was pulled. I kid you not like within the top seven for every single mic that we went to. Mm -hmm. It was so, I felt so blessed, including the comedy store. And they have like a, that's humble brag, but they have like a nightly contest. And if you win, you get to be on another show. I came in Mm -hmm. second. I didn't win, but second's (laughs) not bad. Yeah. Um, So I was just like, I felt magical. I felt like it was a sign (laughs) that I should live there. And then my sister got married and COVID happened. So I was like, maybe that's, those are bigger signs that I shouldn't. (laughs) Same. Yeah. Yeah. I went out there for like a TV writing, like conference type thing. And it was like, great. And I was like, I'm moving out here like as soon as possible. And man, I, so I live in Delaware, like close to Philly, but I'm just like, man, I appreciate Delaware. I have stopped shitting on it. Like for the last (laughs) six months because like I've, it's been cozy. It's been fine. So totally. That's how I felt like just during, I was living in LA for five years. And then once COVID happened, me and my, uh, then girlfriend now fiance were just like Congrats. Where? Congrats. thank you thank you uh i got her and um <laughs> we were just working from home in this like tiny little bungalow you know in santa monica and we're just like this is not what we're supposed to be doing like we're like let's move back home and see our family because all our family's on the east coast right so, nice. uh, but yeah once everything in la was like shut down and you know there wasn't like live shows anymore it's just like ah this sucks yeah so, totally yeah found the new home but uh shout out to everybody in LA I hope you're doing good <laughs> yeah seriously I love I mean totally. I loved it out there it was like me too yeah I would go back and visit 100 percent but mm-hmm. uh but yeah. yeah but there's so many good things about Philly I really appreciate living here yeah it's I mean just the people are just like no other and uh, <laughs> they really so- are it's so wild. It's just like they have empathy, but they're assholes. And yes. it's just like everyone is very different and welcoming, but hate each other. It's so, it's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally. Biased, it's great. Come, come visit, support local comedy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, this was excellent. Meg, that story. Thank you for sharing that. It was a trove. Definitely. It was super fun to research. You should uh, submit it somewhere and then let's uh, let's film it. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Do you want to play a game? Because mm-hmm. I have it. a fun one for you. I don't know. I would assume. Let me ask you, Mike, what is the first comedian that was like influential or like inspired you to like fall in love with comedy? Brian that you Regan. remember? Okay, nice. Binary, in middle school, uh, some uh, I downloaded it from LimeWire. Mm-hmm. Um, it was his hour special 
where, you know, the big yellow one's the sun. He's talking about going donut sh- shopping, the spelling bee, just being <laughs> like a dumb kid. And mm-hmm. I didn't know stand up was a thing. I'm just like, oh, this guy's on to something. Like, he's, he's, he's really good. It was insane because he actually came through uh, the city a couple, maybe a month ago now. And it was just like an absolute honor to, to work with him and be that close. That's to so it. cool. You That's got awesome. to meet him. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I love that. We're going to focus on some. 90 like some comedians who've had long careers but like some of them are peak 90s in terms of just like when they probably inspired like so many generations of new comics okay we're gonna play a game called fiction or for real uh the way this is it's basically like true or false but uh it's pretty (laughs) fun so (laughs) i have five questions and i'm gonna I'm going to give you the details and then you'll tell me if you think it's fiction or for real. And we'll talk about it. Okay. All right. Number one, Howie Mandel sold his house after his daughter and her caretaker saw a ghost fiction or for real. Uh, I, that sounds like a Mandel move. I'd say for real. <laughs> I kind of agree. He would do that. Even if it wasn't actually a ghost. <laughs> He's like, I got tons of money. I'll just buy a new house real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear this belly aching about this ghost. We're getting out of here. Uh, you're both yeah. right. That is for real. Uh, his That's daughter was really young and I guess she had an au pair and they saw a ghost. There's not a ton of details about it, but it, uh, he immediately like, made the move to put his house up for sale that's such a good dad move because every movie you see the dad is like they're not real shut up and then the (laughs) dad gets murdered so (laughs) yeah it was really self-preservation is what you're saying that was a good choice for sure (laughs) he probably just borrowed one of those suitcases of money and just got a house (laughs) (laughs) all right number two Sarah Silverman's first house was proclaimed to be on a gateway to something otherworldly by her sister's friend who is a practicing psychic Fiction or for real? Oh, it's got to be for real. I want to believe. I'm going to say fiction. I mean, yeah, I'm going to say fiction just to mix it up, even though in my heart, I really want it to be real. It's so oh. deep. No, it's in It's in the game. She's got the sisters. What do we got? Yeah. It's fiction. I made that up. No! Oh, you're amazing. Melissa! How could you do that to my heart? I will say this was inspired because Ariana Grande did go to a cemetery that is purportedly on a gateway to hell, and she took a picture uh, in the cemetery that shows three faces, which is super interesting. But I have not seen the picture. But I was, like, reading through a bunch of celebrity stories, and I was like... I got to write one. I got to write some fiction ones. So yeah, inspired by a true story, but different. I'm sad that I got that right. I wanted it to be real. Yeah. Uh, Sidebar. I, so one of the things I do is I subscribe on YouTube to most of the late night shows and watch like the monologues. And did you all see Sarah Silverman on Jimmy Kimmel when she was the guest host? Mm Mm-mm. Her monologue was very good because they were married. It was very funny. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) It was only like a week ago. So if you have a time and you want to like look it up, I guess for listeners, it was in like mid-August that happened. I recommend it. It was very funny. Okay. Some inside baseball. Yeah, monologue writing is... I, I took a class in college and we did that for a couple weeks and I was just like, this is so much fun. It's and really fun. Like, yeah. It's just like, it's quick, it's easy, it's topical, it's yeah. in and out. Yeah, it's just, it's like you get to be hacky, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, totally, yeah. yeah. You just yeah. follow the formula. I yeah, feel like exactly. that probably has to depend on the voice. Was it hard to write? Like, did you have to write with a particular, like, performer in mind or did you just write just like That's any old question. jokes? It, it was more, yeah, it was just anything that was topical. I guess we kind of like, we're talking about, you know, the Jay Leno, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, not really Johnny Carson. It was probably more. Like more Letterman era? Modern. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just beat by beat and goofy and not serious. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Okay. The next one. 
It's about my personal hero, but I've lost the tab. So bear with me here. So is it Margaret Cho? <laughs> it's Margaret Cho. Yay! I'm your friend. I know. love Margaret Cho. She I was she was like the first comic who I ever bought like the full DVD special. She's gonna be in Philly soon. We should go. I know. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always the weirdo who buys a ticket for one person usually, <laughs> and then I'm <laughs> sitting with a stranger, which is perfect. I've been there. Yeah. But, so um, but I've met like some super nice people who are also just like, yeah, I just bought a ticket for myself. Like, here we are. Um, okay. So Margaret Cho, we all know she has been a fan of uh, mind altering substances. She routinely travels to the astral plane to tap into the Akashic records. Yeah, can you explain what yeah. that is really quick? So like astral projection or like the astral plane is like uh, a plane of consciousness that supposedly like people can go to or like visit in your mind uh people who do ayahuasca or do different substances like um it's like a state that is both a place but it's also a state of being that your mind can go to and then the akashic records is the idea of like it's all of the knowledge of like human history is like in the greater consciousness and so people who can tap into the akashic records can learn greater knowledge anything yeah, yeah basically or they see something and it's from the Akasha records. Like they can't just go and be like, how do I learn piano? They go and they like, (laughs) they like have some kind of like meaningful truth and they feel like this is the place it comes from. That I I wish that for Margaret. So I'm going to say yes, for real. Yeah. I'm going to say for real too. Cause if anyone can get into those records, it's going to be Margaret Chow. She's got a library card and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is fiction. No, although it yeah. could be for real. I mean, I just didn't find anything that purports that, but I would honestly believe that she might have tried it. I should have known because she's your favorite that you just picked her randomly. I, I just just her randomly. You're making her so much cool. I should have known. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if she has like a bunch of crystals superpowers yeah. and like whatever right totally. <laughs> Listen to yeah. mind meditation um okay number four dan Aykroyd was visited by a ghost in his bed which inspired the sex with the spirit scene in the movie ghostbusters fiction or for real fiction it's just we covered this this is for real we covered what? this Dan it Aykroyd is for real. real. I can't remember <laughs> if we like officially talked about we it. We talked about this a lot, dude. We I could not get over the fact oh, he had sex gosh. with a ghost. Didn't you, she give him like a blowjob or something too? It wasn't even like it was weird. He, we've talked about. I know we had a conversation. A couple of people have had like sexual encounters with ghosts. Like Kesha yeah. is one of them. Yeah. Um, oh. And so Dan Aykroyd, yeah, and that inspired the scene. The scene in Ghosts. In Ghostbusters, yeah. Ghostbusters. Where like that, like, in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Not ghosts, yeah, not ghosts, sorry. <laughs> That'd be so weird, wouldn't it? They fall in love, anyway. But, um, yeah, Dan yeah. Aykroyd is like all about the paranormal. I don't know if you've followed him recently, Mike, but he's on some different podcasts talking about his like, ideas and interest and it's awesome to listen to That's cool yeah i gotta check that out yeah there's a last podcast uh maybe it was a patreon episode there was like some stuff out there where mm-hmm. he like uh has just conversations about his beliefs and it's really cool um that's also why he's one of the uh spokespeople for crystal skull vodka because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it comes from like this like psychic or not psychic this like paranormal lore so All right. Last one from our like uh, famed 90s comics. Fran Drescher from the TV show The Nanny claims to have been abducted by aliens as a teenager. Fiction or for real? Oh, man. For real. For For real. real. That's got it. She's, yeah. Yeah. Fran Drescher. It's real. It is for real. And her husband, who like also had an experience where he was abducted by a teen uh, as a teenager and of then they course. like got together but like she wow. there's different like mo- when she's questioned about it now she will kind of be like eh, like i'm a comic who knows if it's real but she did say it with some seriousness like in the original interview where it comes from that's amazing yeah i love that yeah abducted by aliens as a teenager middle school Definitely. era yeah thank god they brought her back or we wouldn't have had the name she's a goddamn treasure yeah, yeah. love it well <laughs> great job there's no score for this so you're both winners congratulations Woo-hoo. yeah great job. Yay. Great job. yeah, yeah. We we won. Won. <laughs> fun, fun. 
The Howie Mandel one really surprised me. Like that was the one that I thought was the most surprising. He was just like, nope, we're out of here. Goodbye. Like it's, if it was like the au pair and his kid, they probably like just made a mess and they were like, hey, it was a ghost. And he's like, yeah, we got to get out of here. You're right. Right. Like, yeah, fair. It's like, I don't fair. like my bedroom. It's just like, yeah, the dishwasher could be over here. It's like, let's get a new house. How should we yeah. do this? <laughs> well, my dad's afraid of ghosts. Perfect. Do you think that claiming a house is haunted while also you're famous, do you think that increases the value or decreases the value? That's a that's a good question. I guess it depends. I think celebrities would do anything to sell their houses. Mm-hmm. It's not just and, enough to be like, I'm famous by my house. Well, it's just like, it's like you always see the listing or whatever people post about it. It's just like, oh, uh, you know, Alex Rodriguez just posted his house for $6 million. It's like, yeah, because he's trying to sell it. It's not, it's like really hard to sell a $6 million house that somebody else has already lived in. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, do anything tell them it's haunted right Right. yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. totally i agree nice cool man well it was great to chat and to hear your story yeah thanks for being on the show this was so much fun we could talk about haunted comedy clubs forever Um, (laughs) we'll find more and we'll have you back yeah uh (laughs) you guys are the best i really appreciate you uh having me on yeah. Thank is there you. anything that you want to plug uh, either for yourself or just in general or just something that you recommend to people? I just want to give a shout out to you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. plug in, and I back up your plugs um, and <laughs> yeah, support local comedy and I'll see you guys out there. Yeah. Heck yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Meg, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Meg Gets Money. Gets is spelled G-O-E-T-Z. And look out, September 13th, their stories is being released. So that'll be fun on yeah. Spotify. Yeah. Uh, and you can find me at Alyssa Truz on Instagram, as well as my lizards and other things at Variegated Reticulated on Instagram. And make sure you're following Real Chills on TikTok because we're back, baby. Yes. Season three. We're back. TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> we have, uh, when we're recording this, it's like a little soon, but we are going to trounce around Meg's haunted town in the Poconos for some Love TikTok it. content this weekend. So yeah, it's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm going to have to download TikTok. I'm in the game now. <laughs> just just <laughs> for this. This will be I got one. <laughs> Everybody else pay attention. Love it. <laughs> well, thanks, Mike. Thanks, everybody. Thank and you. we'll see you soon. Visit our website at realchillspodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at realchillspodcast. Do you know someone who should be on Real Chills? Is that person you? Go to realchillspodcast.com slash submit and tell us more. Special thanks to Valerie Jamea McShane. Artwork by Libby Rundell. Music by Sam Williamson. Real Chills Podcast is produced by Meg Getz and Alyssa Truskowski. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.